Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where I know you check in often. Millions of you do each month, and we're grateful. Uh, Today, we're, uh, yes, I'm working on some more declassified documents, and you're going to get some new scoops uh, over the next few days. If you saw me on Maria Bartiroma's Sunday show on Fox News, you saw me talking about the latest declassification. These were McCabe's handwritten notes all very interesting all exciting uh excuse me not handwritten typewritten notes uh that detail his conversations in the period when the russia special counsel robert Mueller was getting up james comey had been fired and of course uh he was talking to rod rosenstein i'm gonna have new news on that but the news over the weekend was that there were a lot of people including rod rosenstein including James Comey's former chief of staff, James Rubicki, and others who thought, felt strongly that Andy McCabe as deputy director, as uh, acting FBI director, should step aside from both the Clinton email case and the Trump-Russia case because of the fact that his wife ran for state Senate as a Democrat, took some money from a Clinton acolyte, former Virginia governor, Terry McAuliffe, and that it was a credibility issue. That's what the actual text messages and email issues and and notes show. We didn't know how big a battle was going on behind the scenes, but these notes that we exposed over the weekend do in fact show that even uh, McCabe himself had to acknowledge there was this enormous pressure that he was uncomfortable with. He wanted to stay in the Russia case. He reluctantly at the very end dropped out of the Clinton email case. But before that, uh, he stayed on for quite some time, despite these questions of, of conflicts of interest. All of that is in the story that we broke uh, over the weekend. Now, today, I've got a very special guest, John Paul McIsaac, the Delaware shop owner who obtained from Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop, gave it to the FBI, gave it to Congress. He joins us for the whole uh half hour. We're not going to do a monologue. We want you to hear his story, who he is, the person he is, where he comes from, where his family's rich military history is rooted. Uh, This is a fantastic interview. I think you're going to learn some news. We break some news, I think, in this interview. And um, so we're going to go right to that after this commercial break. In a few minutes, John Paul McIsaac, the Delaware shop owner. Yes, the man who found and turned over to the FBI the Hunter Biden laptop with all of those extraordinary documents. We're going to be talking to him next, right after this commercial break. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. You may have seen him last week on Sean Hannity's TV show. He's been at the center of the Hunter Biden uh, investigation uh, because he was the person who discovered the laptop and gave it to the FBI. His name is John Paul McIsaac. He is the Delaware laptop shop owner or uh, computer repair shop owner who uh, did his duty. And uh, when he saw some stuff on the laptop that he thought needed to be investigated, he brought that to the FBI. And of course, that's brought him a lot of (laughs) attention, probably some of it unwelcome. Uh, John, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. Hello, John. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on. And um why don't we, I'd like to start because you come from a family, your dad was in the service, and I know you come from a very patriotic family. Just tell us, uh, our listeners here, just a little bit about your background and your family, their their commitment to America, and, and how you ended up uh, running a computer repair shop in Delaware. Wow. Uh, well, it started out, uh, both both my grandfathers were pilots in World War II. Right. Um, my father's father was Scottish-Canadian who, uh, after World War II, uh, during World War II, got involved with the Army Air Corps and then uh, ended up in uh, uh, the United States Air Force for his career. And then my father followed in his footsteps, uh, along with uh, quite a few cousins and uh, um, some uncles as well. So our, our family's uh, kind of the family profession of the Air Force. <laughs> and a good profession it is. So, And, and you wanted to serve, right? But uh, you were unable to. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, it's it, Every every son's got dreams of following in his father's footsteps. Uh, unfortunately, I was born in ocular cutaneous albino, and uh, I I just lacked the the vision and visual acuity to uh, to drive a car, let alone an aircraft. Right, right. Uh, well, but we've got an amazing family, and your dad played an important role in this. At some point, we'll go back to that. What happened in New Mexico? Um, uh, you you started a, a repair shop in Delaware. How long ago was that? Well, uh, I had been working on Apple computers since 1995 professionally, and uh, I worked for Apple uh, from 2004 to 2010. Wow! Uh, in which I left Apple and uh, started uh, my own shop, and I had that shop for a little over 10 years before uh, before things. Before fate struck, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yes, and I, I know it's been a whirlwind, uh, uh, particularly since this past fall when when the word got out about this. But uh, why don't we fast forward to the day? Uh, now, you you, uh, you 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 said you have some visual issues, but uh, you're able to work on computers. You have a successful shop for a long time. And then sometime in the spring of uh, 2019, if I remember correctly, a gentleman walks in saying he's Hunter Biden and can you fix my computer? Walk us through what happened that day. Sure. Uh, so on April 12th, 2019, uh, the client came into the shop. Um, again, it was actually about five to 10 minutes before closing. So by then my vision's pretty bad. Right. Uh, but he was, uh, I collected his personal information, came in with three liquid damage Macs, 
I collected his personal information. That's when I realized that it was Hunter Biden. Right. And uh, then two of the machines I was able to return to the customer. One was a write-off. The other one just needed a keyboard, so I let him borrow a keyboard. Then I checked him in for the data recovery from the third machine. He agreed to the terms and conditions and signed the authorization and then went away. And then I uh, completed the backup or restore and called him back into the shop the, a day or two later. And he dropped off an external drive, transferred the data to the drive, billed him, sent a secure payment form request, as well as multiple phone calls, and uh, he just never showed back up. He never showed back up. Uh, any uh, any doubt from now? Because visually, uh, you you probably wouldn't have recognized his face, uh, but you've probably heard his voice now. Do you have a high end? You've seen it, you know, the, probably the credit card information, the phone number. Based on all of the information, do you have any doubt that the man who dropped that off and made that transaction and failed to pick up his laptop was Hunter Biden? Oh, I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, probably about within 30 minutes of performing the data transfer, I had been able to verify that the person that was in the shop was indeed the person that was on the computer and, and the owner of the computer. So I, right. I, there's no doubt in my mind. Initially, I was telling people, you know, I... I I've never had to do any of this. This is not my day job. Right. So when I got uh, uh, surrounded by reporters on October 14th, I thought that if they had seen my cane or my any of my visual aids, they would have tried to use my vision to discredit me. And so I opted to say, you know, look, I'm legally blind. I'm not going to tell you guys I'm 100% sure because I don't want you using it against me. Right. Turns out they edited that, that part out and they used it against me. Wow. Yeah. Welcome to the... The world of 21st media, uh, it's, it's a tricky world. We spend a lot of time talking about its its demise and downfalls. So you um, now, did when the name first came up, did the name Hunter Biden really mean anything to you? Did you know he was the vice president's son at that time, or is he just some guy from Delaware that you know was looking to to uh, get his computer fixed? No, the the, the last name is pretty giveaway. I mean, this yeah. is northern Delaware we're talking about. That's it's, right. It's, it's, it's uh, besides Scranton, it's. Uh, Biden's other hometown. So, <laughs> Good point. Uh, it, it's, you know, you know, it's at that point, his father wasn't even running for president. That's so right. It was just, just another guy or a son of a guy that was somewhat famous. So I, you know, I didn't really think too much about it, even though a lot of the stuff that I had seen was questionable. I was only really concerned that there'd be a problem when he announced his candidacy because you, know, you figure somebody's going to want to wrestle in all their family members' technology and make sure there's not a loose cannon out there. So right. I yeah. thought somebody somebody was going to come looking for it. Yeah. And at some point, the 30 plus days pass but where there's non-payment and then your policy uh, allows you to take possession of the um Laptop, it's clear to the user, too. They, Hunter Biden would have known that if he didn't come back and pick it up and pay for it, that eventually uh, it would become your property because he signed a document saying so, correct? Yep. It's actually it's 90 days, uh, which is mostly double the, the industry standard. Usually it's about 45 days. Uh, so, you know, I'm pretty relaxed. And, and customers that do leave their products with me, they generally return their phone calls and they let me know, hey, I'm running late or I'll be in a nothing. It was just complete crickets. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting thing. And given how much sensitive information was on the laptop, uh, it, it's all the more uh, jaw dropping. Have you sat and wondered why would Hunter Biden? Why, why did he pick you? Why did he come do this? Why did he leave it behind? Do you have any theories as you've had uh, so much media attention as to just the why factor of why you why leave it behind? Why not come pick it up and protect the information? You know, I'm not one to, to speculate. 
uh, Apple actually taught me that to, to not succumb <laughs> to rumors or speculation. The, uh, you know, I, I can't tell what was going on in his head, why he left it particularly, but, uh, you know, I, I just can't imagine somebody wanting to, to leave something like that with that kind of information on it in, in a stranger's hand. Yeah, right. Cause it, now, grant, granted, granted I, I had a five-star Yelp review, five-star Facebook review, five-star Google review up until October 14th. So, you know, I'm, I'm not to toot my own horn, but you're going to take a Mac and you've got a chance to get the data off of it. Even the Apple store referred people to me. Wow. Yeah, no, you had a really successful business, which I guess we have to get to because the consequences of of this publicity obviously yeah. has, has, has tarnished or ruined that um, great business you had. At what point do you... Um, say, you know what, uh, Joe Biden's running for president. I saw some stuff on here. I'm going to go back and take a look at it and and determine if anything is something uh, that law enforcement, what, what spurred you to go back, look at it and share it with your dad? Well, once the 90, so I, I want to say it was mid-June or July, mid-July, once the 90 days was up. And obviously by that time during the summer, uh, the Ukraine was in the conversation. So right. I remember seeing some things and I, you know, there was obviously the personal data that was a concern, but also the, the Ukraine, some of these players that were involved, and then the amount of money that was involved, that started to throw up red flags because people do horrible things over money. So I reached out to my father on a trip back from a gunship reunion and let him know the uh, situation and how I should handle it. And then he took, uh, so your dad's in New Mexico, he takes a copy of the the drive, and he brings it to some people he knows at the FBI in Albuquerque. Is that correct? I uh, didn't know these people. Just kind of walked into the, the branch office. He had uh, the copy of the drive as well as the copy of the signed authorization so that if there was a legal question on how this was obtained, here's a, here's a document that proves it. And uh, the, the FBI agent that he spoke to refused to give his name and then said, you better lawyer up and get out of my office. Wow. So turned him away and yeah. sold the lawyer up, huh? Yep. And so that was the first time the FBI had an opportunity to take possession of this drive and, and did not. And that's July 2019 in Albuquerque, correct? No, that would have been after the gunship reunion. So probably about the second, third week in September ah, of okay. 2019. All right. So it is, it's in the fall or beginning of fall time. And then uh, a month or so passes, right? And then your dad gets a contact back or you get a contact back. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, the FBI, uh, uh, Agent Joshua, reaches out to my father. He's actually from the Wilmington, Baltimore office. And he got a message somehow that my father was in possession and wanted to actually speak to me about it. So we did a little background check. Uh, Joshua made his living off of... Uh, uh, busting child predators. So I, I instantly trusted this guy and considered him a great American. So I told my father to pass on my contact information and, and reach out. Yeah, that's an important part of that because that, that agent has a, this uh, storied history of, of going after predators. So you really have two, uh, and I know you've been reluctant to talk about one and I can't blame you uh, uh, from what I've heard about it, but you really have two things that concern. One is these financial transactions with foreign powers, right? China, Ukraine, Russia are all on the disc. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have these pictures that look to be uh, pornographic, in some cases underage pornographic. Um, those are really the two impetuses why you wanted the FBI to get their hands on this, correct? Yes, yes. I was, I was concerned that the owner would come looking for the drive 
because of the personal nature of the data and also the, the political and financial documents that I did and now possess the knowledge of. Yeah. And when you intersect with um, the FBI agent uh, Joshua in uh, the fall of 2019, did, did he give you any indication of what his interest was? What, what Anything about the questions he asked or the discussion he had with him that gave any sense of what his investigative interest was? So uh, I want to say it was November 21st-ish. Uh, two agents showed up to my house, uh, Joshua and Agent Mike. And the, we sat down. First thing they asked me was if I had seen any child pornography. And you know, I'm I'm not one to look at another man's porn, so right. I, uh, I I generally wasn't. It wasn't what I was looking for when I sat down to look for stuff. I was right. focused in on Ukraine. What I casually saw when I was doing the data transfer, sure, there was definitely porn. There was definitely illegal activity going on, but I couldn't. I wasn't asking for people's IDs. Right, right. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't be sure. But that's the first question they asked. Interesting. And then they asked what, why I was concerned. So they never brought up money laundering at all, which that seems kind of odd. But uh, they, they wanted to hear my concerns. I explained to them that there's powers foreign and domestic that are involved. There's a lot of money involved. Somebody someday is going to look for this, and when they find out that at the end of the trail is my name, I want some level of protection. Yeah, and, that's, and what, did they show, and after you mentioned the money laundering, after you mentioned the financial transactions, because we now know publicly that uh, from media reports that the financial investigation of Hunter Biden related to taxes dates back to 2018. So before the time that you uh, turned over the, uh, the laptop to the FBI, did they show any interest after that or did they predominantly just focus on the issue of child porn and then, and then grab the device and, and move on? Well, they they really didn't show an interest in any of the money. They were more interested in why I was afraid, and and not necessarily what was on the on the drive. Interesting. Um, they they told me that uh, they'd have to talk to the legal team. That they doubt that they would be able to take the hardware, but they'd come in and they'd give me or make a forensic copy. Take an image. Yeah. And I, yeah. So I I was kind of like one out of two ain't bad. I get some level of protection, even though I don't get it out of my shop as a paper trail. So I agreed, and then they showed up to the shop on December 9th with an actual subpoena for taking possession of the drive and the computer and the, uh, the all the paperwork. And they actually called me about a half hour before they showed up uh, requesting the serial number of the drive so that that would be on the paperwork. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, they tried to be real specific. So it, kind so. of seemed, it's not, kind of seems like they were kind of on the fly when they decided to change their mind and, and come in and actually take the stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Um, now you, uh, you're not particularly political, right? I, that's uh, one of the things I've learned about you and doing the reporting and, and have the occasion to talk to you. Um, politics isn't you, right. You're not a donor. You, you, you don't go out and do political activities, host events. You're a, pretty much a guy that works on his computers and, and tries to build a business, right? Is that a good description of your, your background? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I've come from a conservative family. Absolutely. I have some conservative values. I also have a lot of liberal values and politics aren't the things that I value in individuals or what my friends are, people I seek to interact with. It's, it's not, it's not the driving force. I, I consider myself very creative. I'm very artistic. These are the things I want to have conversations about. These right. are the things that are important to me. Yeah, such an important point. And um, because early on when the attacks start, uh, the first thing is to paint you as a 
you know, a partisan activist and then, the, and then Russian disinformation. When you hear those things now, you look back and there were 40 plus, 50 plus national security experts that signed a letter falsely stating that this uh, uh, laptop and the data on it were Russian disinformation. As you look back at that now, what did that feel like? And, uh, you know, what, what is it, you know, even today, do you, do you have some plan to take some action against people who were trying to suggest you were a Russian spy or a Russian disinformation activist? Well, for, for somebody who's not very political, I assume what happened to me was the quintessential uh, political hit job uh, to have that many people come out without even talking to me or having a conversation, doing a single background check. Like if you had looked or even Googled my not Google, but looked up in the Department of Defense, my family's last name, you would have seen that there's tagging Russia to this just would never stick. So uh, I, I felt a little, you know, I still feel a little bit upset about that. I have people that I've known for a long time that are convinced that I'm a tool or I've been a pawn and they're right, taking this huge payout. And it's, uh, and it's completely decimated my business. I mean, I'm, I had to leave town. Yeah. So it's, uh, I definitely... You know, I, I get why they did it. It's it's topical. Everybody's scared of Russia, 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 and and why not? You know, it worked six or four four to six years ago. Right. Try it again. Uh, I, you'd think that with my hat, they would say that the uh, you know I was a Scottish spy and that uh, that it was the, uh, the Scottish Secret Service that was planting this information, but. They, they, have a they bit stuck better. to the Russians, huh? <laughs> yeah. The, um, now, it's, I, I want to point out, I want to ask this question because I know a lot of people ask it. Have you ever accepted any money for the laptop? Uh, did anyone offer you money? Did you ask for money at any time to sell this? You know, a lot of people go to the tabloids. Have you ever uh, asked for a dime for any of this information, whether from the FBI, from Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, whoever? Uh, do you ever seek a penny for this? Absolutely not. And and to be honest, I wanted all due respect. I wanted to avoid the press at all costs. I wasn't trying to destroy anybody's life. I was just trying to get criminal material to the authorities. And when one department failed me, I went to another. And then when I couldn't go to there, I went to Congress. And then eventually I went to the lawyer, the president. So uh, going to the press was never my intention. It was never my idea. Uh, that was out of my hands, unfortunately, how that unfolded in with the New York Post for getting to wear out my shop's name. That was kind of yeah. awkward. And then I got exposed. You got, yeah. you know, for, for the most part, I was trying to stay off the radar and not have this be publicized. I just wanted the truth to get out there to the proper authority. Yeah, that's that's an important part. And so the sequence is at FBI in 2019. We covered that pretty well. When do you reach out to Senator Johnson and some people in Congress? Do you remember the time frame for that? Sure. Uh, I sent my father and my uncle out to, because again, these are two career military guys. I'm right. some computer repair men, nobody. So I figured their voice would be louder than mine. I uh, sent them out to uh, to knock on the doors of congressmen, uh, think tanks, even some investigative journalists. And uh, uh, that took from probably around February of 2020 through midsummer of 2020. So uh, finally, in August, I kind of was getting frustrated. I threw up my hands and I decided to step out from the shadows and reach out to uh, the lawyer, the president directly. And uh, that's when I finally got some traction and, and uh, was able to uh, 
finally get somebody to listen to my story. Yeah, and then he takes possession of a copy of this. But my understanding is they even offered to pay you for the, uh, you know, the copy of the hard drive and uh, for the device that you gave, and you wouldn't even take money for, you know, the the extra device that you had to give to to make a copy. Of that is that correct? Correct. I, I, you know, I was offered a credit card number. I was like, you know what, I don't feel comfortable about doing this. Plus, yeah. I just, you know, this is my choice. This is my decision. This is my bill. Yeah. Yeah, that's I want to get that out there. Cause a lot of times people impugn that, but all the reporting I've done, you it, it does not appear that finances or money have has had anything to do with that. In fact, quite frankly, it's been quite costly to you, right? Because you call, you ended up losing your computer shop and had to leave Delaware and move out of town and close up. What was a very successful business, right? Uh, yeah, the shop uh, shop closed right before the election. I, I decided uh, out of an abundance of caution just to get out of town in case there was some retribution or or you know people needed a, to vent. Uh, so yeah, the shop was closed, been closed for about two and a half months. Uh, luckily I, I cashed out on a, a 401k I had laying around. So that's, that's covering life expenditures right now until I uh, figure out the next chapter in my life. Yeah. I want to get to that in a second. What What is next for you? But before I do that, I want to go back to the storyline that the, that these documents, well, we'll leave the photos aside. The photos are what they are and, they sound to be hideous, and and hopefully authorities will take it seriously. But the financial side, when you when you read through some of these documents as you have, and you and you try to present them to the FBI, uh, what is the you know what are the documents and what are the messages that most struck you when you you finally delved into the content and began reading it? What what are the things that most troubled you? Well, the 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 connection between the White House and Burisma. Uh, the, the company Blue Star was uh, sending schedules, uh, times, dates, policies, uh, what looked like insider information directly to uh, Vadim, who was the number two. Right. I don't know if he still is. Vadim Polarczyk, yep. yep. So, so, th- so that was kind of like this doesn't seem right. This seems like if, if this was another way around, if there was a private U.S. citizen getting political geopolitical information from a foreign country that could definitely raise up some red flags. The other, the other concern was the, uh, the pay for play, which was blatant. Uh, in 2014, there was the, uh, IMF loan, which was what for five, $5 billion. Right. A lot of that went to Burisma and the next administration wanted it back. So Burisma basically hired Hunter to use the white house to run interference for that. And that's, that just, doesn't seem like these people had our country's best interests. That's such an important point. And also, you know, there's something else that Senator Johnson said in his report. And as I look back now, if this laptop or its contents had fallen into a person who had nefarious means, obviously you're a person who didn't seek money and you just had national security and, and your country's interest. But if it had fallen into others' hands or those who were in business with Hunter Biden decided to leverage what they knew Hunter Biden had done, the Biden family would have a uh, the potential of being over a barrel, right? Being uh, blackmailed or, or uh, uh, forced to do things to avoid the disclosure of what was embarrassing to the family. Has that ever entered into your mind? I mean, I guess in some ways the Biden family was lucky it dropped in your hands as opposed to, you know, a uh, you know a foreign actor who, who would exploit it. Uh, have you thought that about that national security implication at all? I, I have thought about it, and unfortunately. I think it's already been an issue. Uh, 
Hunter wasn't the most secure individual. He didn't have any form of encryption on his drive. Uh, it was, the, my opinion would be is that the amount of information on that and how careless he has been in the past, because I guess this isn't the first laptop he's left at a, a place of, uh, that he went to get work done. So, you know, it, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already compromised. Wow. Those are pretty scary thoughts. I know that was a big concern of Senators Grassley and Johnson in doing their report last fall. Now, you've had to go get a lawyer because of all of this, right? You had the interactions with the FBI and you've got all uh, the media always chasing you. Uh, so this has become costly to you. What do, what do, how are you doing that? How are you affording a lawyer? What are you doing to to you know uh, try to sustain you know just your reputation and, and your, um, uh, your future? Well, again, this is this is my first rodeo, so uh, I was lucky enough to get Brian to uh, be my attorney. Brian Delarocket, right out of Baltimore. Yep. Yep. Very yep. respected he, uh, attorney. He set up a, yeah, no, he's, he's a great guy. Birthday's the same as mine, so trust him already. <laughs> uh, he uh, he set up uh, he set up a GoFundMe for me uh, to cover my legal uh, defense fees and, and whatnot. So uh, he's actually been the tip of the spear for that, and I'm grateful because again, my my skill set revolves around helping people with their technical problems yeah. and providing solutions and empathy. And this is a whole new ball game for me. Uh, I'm sure it is. And once you're in the limelight, it, uh, it never feels the same again. That's one of the things I've always um, considered in you know, my own profession, that once you bring someone into the public line, line through a story, their life's never going to be the same. What is the future for you? What, what do you hope, uh, what happens for you next? Obviously your shop in Delaware is closed up. What is next for you? Well, obviously, I want to continue to get the story out. I think it's important, especially how everything unfolded and how there's, well, the blatant uh, double standard of, of the legal system in this country. So uh, I want to continue to tell the story uh, until I'm able to defend myself and, and reclaim to the world that I'm not a hacker and I'm not a Russian agent. Uh, I've decided to get into woodworking. So uh, I've actually enrolled out in a community college out west, and uh, I'm uh, starting school soon. How about that? That never, sounds that sounds like a fun uh, yeah, never, ne fun profession. But uh, fixing computers and doing some creating woodwork—that's pretty good stuff. Well, you know, everybody needs cabinets done. So I figure, isn't that true? You know, I can't be a. I, I could I could either be a Russian hacker or a Russian cabinet maker. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, How about that? That's a uh, pretty. Uh, Pretty noble uh, to aspire for. So when, when we're, um, the last thing I want to ask you is what do you ultimately hope comes of, I mean, you took a bold step forward to get this information in the hand of the FBI, into the hands of Congress, uh, given all that you know about it and all that you uh, have already gone through personally, what do you hope ultimately comes of it? Is your goal to get Hunter Biden indicted? Is it to get the truth out there? Is it to have national security? What ultimately will be the, um, success definition of, of all the all the actions that you've had to take to date? Well, it's from day one, it's always been about getting the truth out. Um, and then I, I want that, I want to fight to continue that. Uh, if, if I can shine a light on, on the, uh, the bias of the media and the, the bias of uh, social media, then, then that's great. I'm, I think that's uh, gone on long enough. Uh, mainly get the truth out. 
Such an important thing. Truth. We, we need more of it in this country. Well, John Paul McIsaac, I can't thank you enough for all you've done, but also for taking the time today and telling us your story, letting the American people get to know who you are really. I think uh, from this interview, they'll have a much better sense of the man and and uh, your intentions in doing this. And we, we wish you well and hope to bring you back sometime. We can follow how your, how your life is going on. I'd love to have you back on the show at some point. I'd love to come back and hopefully with a, with a better news. All right. And good luck with those classes. We're going to be watching for that. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you, sir. Take care. You too. All right, folks, that wraps up uh, our interview. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you enjoyed the interview we had with John Paul McIsaac. Really insightful information about who he is, who his family is, what his upbringing was like what his intentions were, what his motivations were, the timeline of all of his contacts, um, the fact that no money was involved, the fact that he can so strongly debunk the idea that he was a Russian disinformation operation. All of that, I think, brings some value to our country. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow with another great interview. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless America.